0: Welcome to Parsha in Progress. I'm Abigail Pogrubin, author of My Jewish Year, and I'm
1: Rabbi Dov Linzer, president of Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School.
0: And we're two very different Jews talking Torah together. So this week we're in the land of Pesach. Mm. It's Passover, and the Torah portion that falls on the Shabbat during Passover. I'm not sure everyone knows it's always the same Parsha. That's correct. And what a dramatic Parsha it is, Dove. We've got Moses asking to see God's face. The second set of the stone tablets is created after the first tablets were shattered. We've got the 13 attributes of God. We got a new set of the commandments after Moses broke the first, which he smashed. Just to Hmm. refresh our memory, because he was very annoyed, very angry at the golden calf being built. So reading this made me think about the power of second chances, because ultimately, Moses asked God to forgive us, and God does. And also what we learn from this is the importance of human participation in the divine law. We are suddenly part of Revelation.
1: Exactly, exactly. So why don't you start us off? Why don't you read the verses, Abby?
0: I'm reading Exodus 34.1. The Lord said to Moses, "'Carve two tablets of stone like the first, "'and I will inscribe upon the tablets "'the words that were on the first tablet, "'which you shattered. "'Be ready by morning, "'and in the morning come up to Mount Sinai "'and present yourself there to me "'on the top of the mountain. "'No one else shall come up with you, "'and no one else shall be seen anywhere on the mountain.' Neither shall the flocks and the herds graze at the foot of this mountain. So Moses carved two tablets of stone like the first, and early in the morning he went up on Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, taking the two stone tablets with him.
1: So just so we're clear, Moses shattered the first set of tablets when he came down after receiving the law on Mount Sinai. For the first time. For the first time, and saw his followers had already lost faith and built an idol.
0: And God basically says... I'm going to forgive you for that massive mistake. Let's try this Ten Commandments thing one more time. Come back up, Moses, and get the law again. So, Dove, any chance that you can explain why there's a second chance? (laughs) I mean, did they repent their sin enough to deserve it?
1: Well, I do not think it's about repentance. You really do not see that in the verses. Um, I see this whole story and the whole sin of the golden calf like a troubled marriage. And, uh, you know, the worship of the golden calf is them playing the field and they cheated on God. But there's a reason why they did that, because that means that there was something like deeply wrong with the relationship. And what I think that was, was that God had unrealistic expectations of us. Like he wanted us to be perfect, to live up to some insane divine ideal. So we couldn't do that. So we wound up and we, with all of our flaws in humanity and we cheated. So, so what's going to happen now? That could end in a breakup or divorce, you know, once one side cheats. But if the, the couple really wants to make it work... It's marriage therapy. Well, yeah. Well, who's doing the therapy here? Moses, I guess. He's trying to get us back together with God. <laughs> it's a good point. But, you know, if there is going to be a second chance, and they are committed
0: to make it work, so both sides have to really, like, work to understand what went wrong in the first place. Well, there's also a crucial difference in this next phase of this relationship, that where the language says specifically that Moses carved the tablets on the second go-round. So instead of just getting handed an already inscribed set, Moses is the one doing the carving.
1: Right. And I think that's like exactly what the, what I'll call the realization was, was that it had been very unilateral. God said, here's the law, do it. He God didn't take, partner, it. take it. You know, I'm on high, you're below, you're expected to listen. There was no partnership. That is not the blueprint of a working relationship.
0: Well, this tells us that we are authors in our own beginning, that that's a major idea in Judaism. We were not just the receivers but partners
1: with God. Exactly. I think that's why, you know, Moses says, show me your face. We want to understand you better. And you, God, have to understand us better with our imperfections and involve us. So that's why, you know, the first tablets are like called the work of God. The second tablets are carved by Moses. And it's really appreciating the power of that, that we as humans are integral to the rewriting of the law. And
0: that's underscored right after the Parsha ends. In the later verse 34, 28, it says... Uh, about Moses, and he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights, and he wrote down on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. So it sounds like Moses wrote the commandments, even though God said that God would write them. Mm -hmm. So if Moses is creating the tablets, then he's writing the commandments just as much as God is.
1: Right. And I know that sounds pretty radical, because we all assume, right, the first set of commandments, the I am the Lord your God all the way to the end, thou shalt not covet, and the second set are identical. Actually, they're not identical because later in the Torah, in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses is retelling the story. And when he tells over what the Ten Commandments are, they actually appear a little bit differently in the second version than in the first. So one example is like Shabbat, right? We all think Shabbat is because God created the world in six days. And rested. And rested. So it's all about a theological point. But in Deuteronomy, Shabbat is about a human point. It's about God took us out of Egypt and we have to let our slaves and our workers have a day of rest. So there's a much more human element in the second set.
0: Well, that brings us back to Passover. I mean, this, this Parsha tells us that freedom was essentially a two-stage process, right? Moses took us out of Egypt and then co-authored our contract with God. So maybe Moses is saying, or God is telling us through Moses, first, I free you, and second, I empower you. Like, first, I rescue you from Egypt as if you were children who needed saving. And second, I embolden you to save yourselves and maybe to save others. In other words, he's not acting alone. He's saying we have, to, we have to play our part here.
1: Right. We have to be partners. Like Maimonides, you know, who was the great rabbi and theologian and doctor, said that when he makes the blessing, blessed are you, God, who heals the sick, he doesn't think about some miraculous cure. For him, what does it mean that God heals the sick? It means that God created human beings with intellect, and humans can then develop medicine and scientific advances and medical skills. And when the doctor comes and treats my illness, that's blessed are you, God, for healing the sick.
0: And bless you, God, for giving me a doctor that can (laughs) heal me. And that goes back to the larger theme of redemption, just to kind of take us home, because it felt like a personal challenge today. We can't just sit at our Seder tables this year, reminding each other that God redeemed us. We are supposed to be the Redeemer, too. There are Egypts left to be liberated, are they not, to speak in metaphor?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And I think that is a core message we have to walk away from this Shabbat with and from the Seder with. How do we become Hey, up tablet carvers, how do we become partners in God in future redemptions?
0: So as we bring this discussion to a close, I'm actually left with one bracing idea from this Passover Parsha. And it's that when we hear again and again, as I've heard from so many rabbis, that we all stood at Sinai, which is an idea that's kind of hard to get your head around. I think it means we stand there every year that God offered us a second chance after the golden calf and we took it. So when we embark on another Seder, it's another declaration that we're still in. We've chosen Jewish life. We've chosen the law. We've chosen to pay close attention to Passover's lessons of freedom, or we haven't.
1: Right. And my advice to my rabbinical students is, as rabbis and as leaders of the Jewish community— How do you become active in carving the tablets? Not just in keeping the story alive, but in writers of the story. And if we don't let people be partners if it's all about receiving and unilateral and they're not part of the process then you know where is their agency and what does that do to their relationship with god and if we ignore that then the tablets are going to break so abby are you ready to take your second chance at sinai and work towards future redemptions
0: that's a big ask which i am going to duck but i will say next year in jerusalem dove i'll see you there abby
1: with Hag my sagmeach sagmeach <laughs> Parsha in Progress is written and hosted by Rabbi Dov Linzer and Abigail Pogrebin. The show is executive produced by Josh Cross and Tablet Magazine. If you like the show, head over to iTunes and leave a review. Rate us. That always helps more people find out about Parsha in Progress. And make sure to tell all of your friends. Shabbat Shalom.
0: You now, gotta make those you have shirts, to the later. It gets,
1: and then I can respond to it by saying that was pretty crummy. <laughs> we didn't make a lot of Passover jokes. That which is just true. Got, oh, we didn't no, talk about gefilte. Exactly.